The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled 3600 Seconds. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Sunday Night Football is brought to you by Subway. Make it what you want. And by Hyundai, official sponsor of the NFL. Want to stay up to date? Hey Siri, show me football standings. Tonight on 3600 Seconds, why are things changing? Are things changing too fast? You're telling me that the dodo was not a physically existing bird, but a character that represented a fictional species? And an interview with internet sensation Mr. Drama. He dishes on his drama videos, his home life, and what exactly he does for a living. Ever since I was a kid, you know, when I was born in 1980, I was, you know, always dreaming of having a lid store in my house. And now I got that. I could go in there, I could get any head I want. Then, it's a trend that some say has gone too far. Is the teen condom eating craze an indictment of our decadent and immoral society? Are our nation's trusted condom producers to blame for creating all these delicious flavored condoms that teens can't help themselves? Well, from what I've noticed is most of them don't taste good. And of course, we didn't forget a few characteristic rants from our complainer-in-chief, Dooney Sink. America, let's get back to the time when Ronald Reagan was considered the hottest guy. Big, rosy cheeks like he's got a mouthful of chili. Now, I'm your host, Chip Carwood. And throughout the evening, I'll be joined as always by Hal Reason and Garth Oldwell. But first, tonight's top story, change. It's not just what the cashier hands you as you pay for your groceries. Yes, change is happening all the time, but does it need to happen? Why do things change? Aren't they changing for the worse? Our crack team of investigative reporters set out to understand this age-old phenomenon. Now, Hal, Garth, I understand that you've been studying this and filing a few pieces on it. Um, what have you found most intriguing in your reporting on change? Yes, well, I've noticed that a lot of grocery stores aren't giving you samples anymore. I find this disturbing trend to have started as a money-saving technique, and it has bothered me quite greatly. I remember even in my days as a young man going to a Costco or a local grocery chain and spending an afternoon circling around, grabbing treat after treat and expanding my palate. This, I can confirm, has changed. You know, I filed a field piece myself from a grocery store about a different change that's happened there. Let's take a look. A quiet suburban grocery store outside of Jacksonville, Florida. The locals come and go with various things they require, but wait, buyer beware. Walk past the chips, past the assorted snacks, to the grains and flour, and things of that nature. What's this? Pasta. Ravioli? Tortellini. The average American can't pronounce these things, let alone digest them. How come they moved the Italian food out of the ethnic section? Um, excuse me, sir. Sir, uh, could you answer a question? How come they moved the Italian food out of the ethnic section? Uh, excuse me? I just, like, kind of work here. Is that a camera? Yeah, um, what ha- when I was growing up, the Italian food was in the ethnic section with all of, you know, the Polish food and the uh, the Irish food. How come it's out here with all the grains and the bread now? 
Well, it's just kind of like a like a normal food. I mean, we have like sections. Like, I guess we have like an Asian section and like a Mexican session. Well, but, how uh, am I supposed to find it? If I, if uh, you know, a more if I was looking for a more exotic dinner, how am I going to find the pasta section if it's not where it belongs? Well, I think about 10 years ago, I think the guys who own this kind of had a meeting with people, and uh, it turns out that Italians are only ethnic now uh, when they're getting yelled at. And they're not getting yelled at in the grocery store, so we just kind of moved it around to save some time. A troubling development. Back to the studio. Corn! It used to be all the rage, but now... Americans aren't excited about corn anymore. I talked to a local farmer about ways we can invigorate the corn economy. Corn on the cob, corn in a can. That's the two ways we do it. Sir, when did you notice that corn had become another boring old food? Well, I was eating it, uh, uh, I was at home. I was eating it at home, where you normally do, and I... You know, people, they don't eat corn no more because, you know, it just comes in the cans. You can't get it year-round, and, and you got you got to go get some... You say, I want to get some corn. You got to get the cream corn or the regular corn that's in the can, and it's just full of water, and it just becomes water corn, and you could drink it, but it's not I the heard same. that corn started going south when younger people experimented with grilling corn. Care to comment? Well, I think that's something that was brought upon by the Mexican people that were all right. Back, their lime back to the studio. On that in there. <laughs> yes, um, and you know, I've got another field report I filed. Let's cut to that. I'm here in Doral Beach, Florida, where locals fear that cheap CDs have gone the way of the dodo. Yes, gone are the days of the Columbia House catalog. We all remember that mailbox stalwart. Yes, many of us have fond memories of our introductory offer of 12 CDs for just 12 cents. But why are CDs so darn expensive these days? And what happened to the catalog? And how come car CD changers don't have as many CDs anymore? I remember they had six, even 12 CD changers in cars in those days. And boy, did they make cars back then in 1998. Yes, they sure did. Excuse me, sir, why don't they make cars or CD changers or mail catalogs like they used to? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, don't you remember CDs? Remember those? Y young yeah. man like you? you yeah, I, uh, you had like a Weezer, they had a green one or whatever, yeah, but now it's all on Spotify, so you don't really need to carry around. Well, how do you it's listen to like, music in your car? You don't have the CD changer anymore. You can't listen to enough CDs. You can plug in your phone to your car. A lot of times it's Bluetooth. You can just go right in. So you don't have to carry a bunch of trash in your car anymore. Is this like a newspaper or what are you... Is is are you putting this on Twitter? Or? To, to, no, this is... We have a, like 14 million viewers who watch this at home. This is 3,600 seconds. Oh, I've never heard of that once in my entire life. All right. Well, I guess there's no hope for, for today's youth. The CDs got so expensive they couldn't afford them anymore, and now they don't care about the right things. I followed up on this story at a local record store. I asked the man behind the counter why CDs were so expensive these days, and he directed me to a bargain bin of CDs going for 50, 75 cents a piece. 
And so I said, okay, well, what happened to all the vinyl? And he just made a gesture at all the rows and rows of vinyl records. So I said, okay, wise guy, well, where's all the artists that I recognize? And he pointed to the wall where there was a $75 5 LP Led Zeppelin IV reissue. And I said, okay, well, that's not the version that I remember. And he said, okay, man, look, it looks like you're just trying to find things to complain about. Perhaps we'll never know where our hard-earned dollars are going when we buy one of these CDs. What happened to fast food places having promotions for upcoming movies or TV shows? What happened to the glass mugs for Joel Schumacher's blockbuster, Batman Forever, where you could buy an assortment and collect all of them of Batman, Jim Carrey's The Riddler, or Tommy Lee Jones as the titular Two-Face? No longer are the days where you can go to Taco Bell to buy a George of the Jungle mug for $30. <laughs> How are today's kids supposed to remember what their childhood was like without trophies from those days? We went into the field to figure out what's going on in today's fast food world. I'm here in Santa Monica at Taco Bell. Recently, the latest Minions 5 has come out with no in-house merchandise in sight. I asked one of the workers, where's all the Minions? People want the Minions. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really thought about the movie. I don't have kids and, you know, I just take orders here. I don't really, you know, make any choices on the, on the stuff we got here. Do you think the Minions are dead? Are the I Minions mean, over? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure those movies are, are successful. I mean, they made five of them, so... We had them in the toys. We had the little toys with them. Do you have the toys in the back? Yeah, I mean, if you want a Minions toy, we got plenty of them. For free? I'll no, pay $20 I mean, dollars for one. Kids? Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, then I might just pocket that. Uh, I mean, if you want to... I'm going to put $3 in the register. I'm going to take about $17 of that for myself. Are you with it? Are you with like, are you filming this? What is that? That's not a phone. What the hell is that? Unfortunately, the merchandise we purchased at that Santa Monica Taco Bell was made with cheap fibers from China, the origins of this year's global pandemic from Wuhan. The dodo, a once great bird that America was enthralled by. A cheap source of food, and although it couldn't fly, it soared in our hearts. America loved the dodo, which has now been reduced to a punchline that we use to explain why things that once exist no longer do. I went to UCLA to speak with a professor in biology to ask him, what happened to all the dodos? Well, see, the dodo was always a cartoon character. It never actually existed. You're telling me that the dodo was not a physically existing bird, but a character that represented a fictional species? Yes, of course. Think about how absurd it would be for a bird to not be able to fly. It just wouldn't work. Oh. Well, for once, I guess, then, the past was more ridiculous than the present. We will not be airing this on 3600 Seconds. The old people will not like this story at all. Let's just cut. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Can we get out of here, guys? No, wait. No one's ever interviewed me before. I have so much to say about birds. 
So we've talked a lot tonight about fast food, but there's more fast food news out there. We all know the feeling. It's 5 a.m. in the morning, and you're on your fourth cup of coffee. The morning's crossword's about halfway complete, which is <laughs> about as complete as it's ever going to get. So now it's time for breakfast. Why not stop in at McDonald's? After all, they serve breakfast until 10.30 a.m. Or do they? It's called all-day breakfast, and it's uprooting the natural order of things. Why should I get up early to get the proverbial worm, when of course, which of course is the early bird's entitlement to enjoy, when Johnny Come Lately and Joe Sleepin' Late can get the same thing at 3 o'clock p.m.? Has the natural order been upended? Have we gone too far? You, sir, what hath McDonald's wrought? What were they thinking? Changing their breakfast. Yeah, what does rot rot mean? I guess it's like did, but it just sounds a lot more negative. Like, what did they do? Listen, man, they just got like rid of the bagel sandwiches. They didn't really sell that well. You can even do breakfast all day, right? I was getting a McMuffin at like Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do breakfast all day, man. Yeah, but doesn't that ruin breakfast? Now you can just just, eat it. Whatever. Yeah, but but you can't get the... uh, They only have a couple sandwiches, uh, breakfast ones they do all day with the biscuit or whatever. You can do like... You can get a McDouble at 8 a.m. too. Time doesn't. Well, what does time breakfast doesn't mean, mean to anything what is, anymore? What does breakfast mean to you, young folks? Because to me, it means something. It means something I eat in the morning. Yeah, well, you guys come and hang out in here for like five hours at like 7 a.m. Yeah, that's breakfast time. Yeah, but you guys like stay here all day. Yeah, what like, are you, you guys? I'm gonna have lunch and dinner here too. What are you? Are, do you do you eat dinner in the morning? What kind of crazy things are you kids uprooting? There's like a whole table full of like old guys that eat one McMuffin and have one small coffee and it costs 79 cents for them and they stay for eight hours and like try to they grip their phones with both hands and end up playing like the Star Spangled Banner as music out loud and that's just their life and you're gonna yell at us for having breakfast at 11 instead of 10 well when are you eating dinner 8 a.m. At dinner time. Well, how's there? How am I supposed to know there's a dinner time anymore if there's not a breakfast time anymore? Seems like you, you kids can just kind mess of it just eat. I think you can just eat when you're hungry now. You could eat when you want, man. It's your life. Yeah, you're an adult man. You could you could do whatever you want. Hey, listen, we're gonna go smoke. So thanks for. Oh, I don't know this is going on YouTube, but thanks, peace. Dude, I think that was Eric Andre in old face. <laughs> What happened to people going to the moon? <laughs> Nobody talks about it anymore. The last time we walked on the moon was 1969, when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong and the other guy went up there. People these days have no aspirations. Just because you go one place, you're going to leave it behind forever. These days, these people take things for granted. They pick something up, something new, And they enjoy it for a few minutes before tossing it onto the ground for the next special thing. The next pair of pants to do exercise in. The next great food that might be green. Or it could be black. Or some other crazy color. People want to add all kinds of colors to the flag now. But they're not talking about going to the moon. Are we just going to stare at it forever? Are we going to look up and say, well, it's still there, so everything must be okay? No one wants to explore. 
No one wants to be an astronaut. They only want to look down at their phones and pretend they're an astronaut. Men, they can't drink at work anymore. (laughs) It used to be you would put on your pinstripe suit, so shiny and clean that it looked lacquered. And you'd go in at 9 a.m., wave hi to Susie the secretary, typing away on her little typewriter, and go into your office, draw all the blinds closed, and brood for about two hours. When lunchtime comes around, somebody would suggest, why don't we loose it up a little bit? And you could have a glass of whiskey and still get all your work done. Nowadays, I find it troubling. Around 3 o'clock on any given workday, my hand starts shaking uncontrollably. I start sweating. It's hard to concentrate and focus on my work because I'm so wound up. I asked a businessman, my boss, why can't I drink while I'm on the job anymore? Well, these days it's uh, completely unprofessional to be consuming alcohol within the workspace, especially with growing rates of substance abuse and depression within the workspace amongst U.S. workers. Reports have shown an increase in suicidal ideologies. We also have noticed a well, enormous amount of work on production and, uh, you know, we can't be having people slow down. We need the pace to be picked up. So, Well, on Mad Men, they seemed pretty on the ball, getting all kinds of commercial ideas and whatnot out there in time. And they drank as much as they want. I spoke to my doctor, who's been hounding me for years to drink less. Doctor... Despite all of the evidence presented in Mad Men, are you still against the statement that men can drink at work? Well, I don't... It's not my place to decide what people can do in the workplace, but as your doctor, I'm just telling you that you personally need to cut back, and I don't know how I can make this any clearer for you. Back to you. And this is... uh, 30... Ugh, shit. All right, cut that. I'm here on the sunny streets of Pensacola, Florida, where a new kind of travel is king. Yes, gone are the horses of yore, replaced with automobiles that can move up to five times faster than the average horse. They've even got a name for this new tier of velocity, horsepower. But has our need for speed sidelined our beloved steeds? And what's so wrong with horses anyway? Hello, sir, what's so wrong with horses anyway? Like, uh, like, I guess there's nothing wrong with them. Well, where do you think they all went? People are driving cars now. What happened to all those oh, extra sti- horses? Like, uh, I mean, there's still horses around. I don't know if you're, like, think that they all died or we, like, because you can't eat them or anything. I think, like, uh, but think all about the horses it. are now at, like, women's colleges or whatever. I mean, but we had so many. Like, everyone needed a horse. Like, they need cars today. Like, where did they go? And, and do we have a horse housing crisis in America today? Well, a Honda Accord is, like, way cheaper than a horse, and you don't have to feed it. We well, so have most to feed it gasoline. It's actually easier to get carrots and oats than it is to get gasoline out of the earth, sir. I, 
I, I would say that actually isn't true. I think if you have to feed a horse three times a day with a car, you have to refill, like, what, once a week tops? Yeah, but we don't rely on our good allies, I might add, Saudi Arabia, to give us Look, carrots and oats. I mean, we got to rely on them for the oil stuff, which is fine. I mean, you, you obviously want to, like, prefer horses, and you think that there's, like, a problem with me because I don't like one a horse well whatever so, happened to him the pace of life was different then because you could think about things when you're riding your horse well, no one's thinking anymore horse? and the cars don't have cd changers in them anymore they can't even why are you yelling why are you yelling at me i'm just asking I'm questions just a, i'm just a guy on the street and you come and you start yelling me about horses are you guys all I'm right what? So, to the truth i'm an investigative are you guys journalist. okay he's like bright what's red going on he's here yelling at me yeah i'm just wondering punk. what sir sir where did all the horses go these days horses there used they to be so many. They're, we only, they're, like they're, and now they're, on, they're in they some go? stable owned by some girl in the suburbs who's going to go to a state university for nursing. I don't know. And how, how about your beloved cars? Once we get rid of them, too, are we going to put them in a stable? Where are cars going to go? When are we going to get rid of cars? Uh, that's what people said so, about horses. I'm just asking questions. We didn't get rid of horses. We're just we started using something else. It's just progress. It's just things change. Just, just because things aren't like when you used to remember them as a child. Like what's things this camera are going to grow for? and develop. If you young people had seen the things that I'd seen, then you'd realize how stupid you sound. Are you with, you like, sound. The Daily Show? I'm, or? Thir I'm 39. I don't know. What, I'm this not is a, a Daily person. Show. It's called 3600 Seconds. It's the fifth most viewed show in America. Mostly from like people a, leaving Sunday Night Football on for too long. Oh, my dad watches that. I'm a bald man. and Thank you for calling me young. That was been a while well if you've been on aarp for less than 20 years then you're probably not in our target demographic so you seem young to me sir and you guys are like trl for the elderly or something i don't know what any of those words means except for elderly which is a slur the only offensive slur i might add all right i'm gonna leave now i'm about the horses just go look for them i don't know well hell garth Thank you very much for filing these reports with us. Now, as always, we're joined by Dooney Sink, who has some interesting opinions I think you'll agree. Now, I'll be the first one to admit that we live in a new age, and that's fine. I know I'm old, so my opinions may not be taken seriously on cultural things by younger people. Heck, I remember being a young gun myself, all barrel-chested and spry, with smooth white skin like fondant on a wedding cake. And I remember listening to old men daughter on at the time, stirring themselves into a frenzy, complaining about this or that. Uh, I, I even remember an incident in my hometown of Terre Haute in the, in the 50s when a bunch of old men were so mad at the fact that women were wearing pants, that they went to City Hall and killed the mayor. And it sounds like a funny story, but they also killed a dozen or so women on the way. I never thought I myself would join their ranks, but through my slow march through this epoch, I found myself to be their spiritual comrades, if not 70 years later than them. Now, I bring this up because I saw a girl skateboarding the other day, and I was aghast that we as a culture have let this happen. When it was just boys doing it, we figured it was because of their hero, Bart Simpson. Boys always love doing risky, rough-and-tumble things. 
It helps them prepare their minds better for a lifetime of war in the Middle East. But girls? Girls are supposed to be gentler, kinder of the sexes. They're supposed to be pristine and pure, so that when we, the men, are spending decades of our lives fighting in the Middle East, we're doing it because we have something to fight for. A locket, once sprayed with perfume. A letter from our best girl, where she mentions being okay with doing hand stuff before marriage. It was a gentler time. But when we let our girls become regular Bartina Simpsons, we risk destabilizing our entire culture. I don't mean to sound stuffy or out of date, but skateboards allow. They make dogs bark. Skateboards have to be used outside. And we have to look at them and hear them. And they remind us, old people, that we will die soon. And that the teens won't. Because a single kick flip will not kill them. Now a single kicked flip would kill me in half of a second. I wouldn't even have time to change my facial expression. I would die with the face of anger and neutrality. Complete judgment and scorn and not be able to transcend my face to express any type of pain. We don't need girls messing with that kind of stuff and start thinking about being bisexuals. And not the sort of lipstick bisexuality used to impress guys at parties, but real bisexual stuff, like crocheting a vulva inside of a feminist bookstore, which is basically, and I hate to say it, the exact opposite of the Iraq war that is so near and dear to our country's heart. Now, I'm not proposing that anyone do anything about girls skateboarding. I mean... What would I even say? You, you ban it? Can we do that? I'm not proposing any type of change or advocating any type of position. I'm just saying, you know, I guess I'm saying I'm, uh, somebody should figure this one out. Oh, we do love to hear old Dooney ramble, don't we? Always has something on his mind. But now, Garth Oldwell will take us into our next segment. In an era where typewriters have been replaced with keyboards, journalism has been replaced with gossip. And titans like E.W. Scripps, Pulitzer, and Hearst forged the newspaper industry out of thin air. And now a new type of harbinger has emerged of the primordial ooze that is internet culture. These innovators don't measure themselves by distribution or advertisers. These new emissaries of the digital age rank their importance by more trite things. You are how many followers you have, how many impression their tweets get. And I don't know what this means. You are judged by how many e-girls you cream pie. If the internet is the new Xanadu, then the new Charles Foster Kane of the digital so-called news is an incredibly unmysterious man by the name of Mr. Drama. From high above his digital perch, Mr. Drama surveys the internet landscape and distributes up-to-the-minute content to his three million Twitter followers. We sat down with Mr. Drama recently to discuss the internet, YouTube, and what it means to, quote, 
Take the L, big tie, mask off. I am 40 years old, so what, Kappa Pog? Mr. Drama, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. Uh, it's a beautiful home you have here. What's all this uh, stuff you have mounted on the wall? Is this comic books or... Well, there's like kind of some uh, some stuff there that I, I've I've loved that's dear to my heart. You know, I have like the original like SpongeBob issue number one, um, which I've always wanted my entire life. And I got you know, this this house is basically like a dream, man. Like living my dream and every day being able to go out there and like make videos and make people happy and make people smile. Um, every day making stuff and you know. It's really been like kind of crazy. Like even just having this house itself is just like something that's been a dream for me for many years. So now, Mr. Drama, you know, my bladder isn't what, what it once was. So before we started this interview, I had to take a trip to the bathroom and I noticed on my way, there seems to be a storefront in your house with lots of hats being sold. Can you, can you explain what it was that I saw? Ever since I was a kid, you know, when I was born in 1980, I was, you know, always dreaming of having a lid store in my house. And now I got that. I could go in there. I could get any head I want. And they actually give it to me for free. But I still pretend to pay them with fake money because it's kind of fun. It's like being at the mall and I could have the, the mall store in my house. It's like my house is a mall. Uh, to get down to business, Mr. Drama... Would you please explain to some of us that are a little more confused by what you do, what would you just say that your job is? I would say that I'm kind of like uh, like what you guys do. Your reporters, your journalists, you're reporting on what's important to people in their lives. And, you know, maybe your generation doesn't agree with me or agree with us that uh, this is important, but this is what people want to know about people want to know if some youtuber is um you know sleeping with another youtuber or another youtuber you don't know is sleeping with another youtuber you don't know but people know what i'm talking about people know if they they know that if riffraff gains another 50 pounds they're gonna know about it from me instantly when it happens i i know i noticed while you were talking to us you were um, going into your cell phone there and tweeting something. Um, who are you talking about now? Well, you know, I got to say that uh, somewhere deep in my heart, I got to shout out to my boy, Kevin James. He has always been there for me on my come up. And uh, he actually just had a child. And uh, he named the child after my, uh, his, the middle name of the child is after me. Uh, drama or or do you have a, a different name you go by? Mr. Drama. A Christian name? Mr. Drama is the baby's middle name. Yes. Kevin, Mr. Drama, James Jr. That's correct. Well, I must admit it's a little uncouth, but um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly what you do, because you're saying it's kind of like what we do, but uh, with all due respect, Mr. Drama, we're here in suits. We've got our nice ties on. Our camera crew is with us. We have about 14 million elderly citizens watching at home. We combed our hair in a way, you know, reminiscent of, you know, a Rock Hudson or a James Dean or a, you know, Jimmy Carter. Which is crazy because the news... You, all of those men did not kiss and tell. You would not see a drama video about Mr. Jimmy Carter. I agree, but the world is always evolving and constantly changing and shifting. I would say that 
this is the new news and the way it's presented might be different, but it's still on a screen. There's people talking. So it's in the way the same. So, you know, people think that I'm all about that and I'm all about drama, but the truth is, you know, I get to just stay at home. I get to like hang out with my family, my family who's dear to my heart. I get to play video games in my bedroom. And I get to do that. And I but doesn't what you do seem woefully degraded from the journalism that we are putting on the air every week after Sunday night football? That might be your opinion, and I respect you so much. I hope to not take that to heart in my personal being and soul. But within me, I know that what I'm doing is for the greater good, and it's getting more views than you do. You were recently in some hot water um, in the mainstream media because of a tweet where you said a 14-year-old female rapper named Little Sliz would have been the highlight of the wet-ass pussy video that was released by a menagerie of awful women recently. Um, Do you care to comment that perhaps your rampant um, obsession with celebrity of people who are painfully young is irresponsible and extremely creepy for a 40 year old man not at all i have to say that one of my biggest inspirations in my life besides you guys besides harry from dumb and dumb around the newsroom i had a big you know inspiration from uh kevin McAllister, macaulay coca my man in home alone one and two and he got the big cheese pizza he got the limousine he had the thing that he talked into and he could record his own news to himself and he could use that to get through things and get through life. And I kind of thought, you know, maybe if I recorded things and I used that against people, we could, I could actually, you know, be in the news as well. And my thing about, you know, talking about these youthful stars came from my love for Macaulay Culkin. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of hate, I think, for kids these days and kids are very dear to my heart you know i think that they're our future personally so i think that we need to pay attention to what they're saying more and what they have to say in their minds as opposed to what we should be telling them okay well i don't remember even what we were talking about anymore <laughs> but I, I i'm not sure if you answered the question or not that was see, um, I'm living, i get to live my dream every day i get to have whatever i like for dinner i could have chocolate chips for dinner or I can have hot dogs and cotton candy. It doesn't matter because when you get to be uh, truthful in your life and you're honest, which is what we do in the news, you have no guilt and you could be free. And that's what freedom is, is being able to eat those chocolate chips and on your hot dogs. You put chocolate chips on your hot dogs. Or or maple, like whatever you, you want to put, you know, you want to put whatever you want on there. You could put a hot dog on there. Like Exhibit. You now, can put a hot. Let me you ask you something. Exhibit and Pit My Ride was one of my biggest inspirations on my come up as a kid and as an adult in journalism because Exhibit was making people's dreams happen. And I thought, well, if he could do it, I could do that for myself. I could pit my life and I could insert what I want, you know, in there. And I could go out there and I could change stuff. I could take something that I thought was once crappy and I could make it even better. Mr. Drama, you have a lot of interesting opinions on food, it seems. I just wanted to run it past you. What do you think of McDonald's decision to make breakfast all day? And does it desecrate the idea, the very concept of breakfast? Listen, I think that you can have McDonald's breakfast whenever you like. And I think that, you know, that's kind of about what this world is like now is you could do what you want when you want. And uh, if you want to go out there and make your dreams happen, it's all possible. Okay, and you know, maybe a maybe a fun one before we wrap up here. 
I just wanted to say, whatever happened to the dial-up modem? You're an internet guy. What happened to that thing? I liked it, kind of. The dial-up, you know? It had a great sound. Fading, fading, ding. Personally, I don't think I could absolutely uh, agree because I could not upload my uh, videos. I cannot have so many million beautiful people watching and subscribing and liking my videos every single day if we still had that kind of speed. But don't you miss the guy who said you had mail? Who now? You're a 40-year-old man, I might remind you. I, I, uh, your critics have said that you're a weird 40-year-old conservative man who is constantly yelling at children who promote themselves and are constantly on social media. Um, our public wants to know, do you really have any type of right to complain about these children when you are a 40-year-old man that eats chocolate chips on his hot dogs? Listen, I've had every generation of Xbox there is. I know what it's like to be a kid. <laughs> I know what it's like to go out there and talk stuff on the internet that you don't truly believe in in your mind because in your soul, you know who you are. But you say stuff because, let's face it, I'm Mr. Drama. I know what it is to stir stuff up. I know what it is to uh, make a little bit of a, a ruckus or you know stir the pot. And that's what people are looking for. That's what gets likes. That's what... That's what gets the subscribers and the views. Um, I'm not saying that what these kids are promoting is good, but I like to kind of highlight it, even if I'm uh, quote unquote criticizing it, it's going to bring attention to them and me together. So we both win. They say all publicity is good publicity. And I think I live that to a T. And I think that, you know, People don't know underneath this big beard of mine is just another guy. And at the end of the day, I'm playing that latest version of the Xbox and having just as much fun as I did playing the first version of the Xbox. Um, lastly, I'd like to close this interview by asking you um, a question that is on a lot of young people's minds. I don't know what any of this means, but recently... A rapper by the name of NBA Stupid Ass said that your tears when XX Tentacion died were completely fake. Uh, do you have any comment on that at all? Um, well, I want to get out a shout out to my boy NBA Stupid Ass. Um, I love him. He's very dear in my heart. And I think that what he's saying is, you know, it's causing drama, but it's also, um, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, you know, Nothing aside here, hand to God, it's some of that stuff has been manufactured. And uh, it is truthful that my eyes uh, cannot make tears. Those were fake tears indeed. Um, I wanted to show my emotional response to the death of my good friend X, but he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was killed in a bloody murder and. I'm not able to cry and people would think that I wasn't actually sad about it. So what I had to do is I use, had to use artificial tears and show people that I actually did care because my, my tear ducts were removed as a child. So I cannot physically cry. So, well, Mr. Drama, we want to thank you again for sitting down here with us. And we just wanted to say, we'll see you in AARP in 10 years. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you so uh, much. And now on, on that note, we're going to throw it once again to Dooney Sink with another one of his, well, strong opinions. Uh, Grace, Grace Kelly, 
Jane Mansfield, Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean, Dorothy Dandridge, Carmen Sandiego. These were the old gals of the silvered screen. I remember working as a butter boy on the corner, shouting, butter for sale, butter for sale, selling my sticks to the busy housewives, hoping to wrangle up enough tin nickels in order to go to Sal's Theater and watch whatever Hollywood movie they had showing that night. And I had to work hard and quick, because if I didn't sell the butter, it would melt in my corduroy pockets in the hot August sun. So when I got my nickels and I went into Sal's for a flick and a popcorn, I relished in the air conditioning. A wonderful new technology at the time. Sal's AC was top of the line. It was a large block of ice placed next to a pig with four broken legs that exhaled real hard when a guy whipped him. And it kept the whole theater nice and chilly while I watched Desi Arnaz on the big screen playing a private eye named Lucky Shunka something who solved the mystery of the guy who shot the woman because she was a tease. The guy got off scot-free. Those were movies. Back in those days, I wish those movies never ended. As a working-class kid whose mom didn't speak English and was chained to a butter churn, and my dad was a team of five Polish roofers who only ate onions soaked in beer. Even then, in an environment that a kid wanted to spend all day in, those movies lasted one and a half hours. Two tops. And even then, if it was some masturbatory Orson Welles thing, or a Bible picture that showed a lot of abs, but nothing else. You know, some movie where Rock Hudson would break into a guy's house just because his eyebrows looked too ethnic. Now that one could be two hours long. But now, Lord of the Ring, The Two Towers, was seven hours long. I watched that thing, and it was so long I had two breakfasts during it. I watched The Green Mile, and it was so long that I started rooting against the black guy. My nephew tricked me into watching Blue is the Warmest Color, which was three hours of lezen out. There was so much lezen out in that movie, and for so long, that by the end of the movie, my breath smelled like fish. Boyhood? That was filmed in real time. And by the end of the movie, that six-year-old had pubes. My message is simple. If you are a young director and you want to make a movie about something like uh, how hard it is to be a gay guy in a wheelchair, I'm pretty sure we would all understand that it is pretty hard to be a gay guy in a wheelchair. That should take one hour. Tops. Let's keep it brief, everyone. Have a great day. You know, I don't know the point of that rant, but I always like to hear from old Dooney. Now, Hal, I know you've got an update on... A peculiar trend that the young people are kind of dabbling in here. Yes, Chip. To shift to darker waters, we have a report of a growing trend amongst the youth within the country. Drugs, Razor Scooters, Dungeons & Dragons, MTV, hip-hop, Pokemon cards, video game violence... For decades, the youth in the United States have been plagued with growing rates of degenerate activity. What many parents lose sleep over has become reality, but has become cool and trendy. With the push for practicing of safe sex amongst teenagers in the 2010s by numerous campaigns, the result has become concerning to officials from the U.S. Department of Health, 
with reports from all over the country of teens eating condoms. We talked to Dr. Rudy Von Poker from Johns Hopkins University about the growing pan epidemic. How is this happening? What is causing these young people to engage in this behavior? Well, we're still doing research, but it appears to be almost a challenge. There are certain social media influencers that are doing things like the condom eating challenge. Um, you know, condom taste test series is a big one. There are even some YouTubers who are presenting flights of condoms as a restaurant might do with something like bourbon. Um, four now, different slightly flavored condoms. Are our nation's trusted condom producers to blame for creating all these delicious flavored condoms that teens can't help themselves? Well, from what I've noticed is most of them don't taste good. And it appears to be funny to these teenagers um, to eat the condoms. Um, there are false reports saying that, you know, the condoms will pass completely unformed and you can eat them again or that you can pass the condom and that they're still completely usable if you rinse them out. Um, I'm not sure if it's a cultural statement, but in our hospital alone, we have seen, I'd say, 10 dozen cases in the last month of children who eat condoms and then perhaps the condoms will get stuck somewhere in the large intestines and then start absorbing the fecal matter within it and um, will pass what appears to be almost like a sausage link that is filled with turds. And the teens just find this so funny that when we surgically remove it, we don't even tell them of this part anymore because that would just cause them to do it again. Were the teens eating that condom again after it was expelled from the body? Well, in our first initial cases, we would give them back to them, much like we would a kidney stone to an old man, something to laugh about later in life. But we quickly found that these teens would, most of them would rinse it out, but some of them would film themselves on a TikTok or a YouTube, ingesting the condom a second time. Um, in a particular incident, there was a, 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 a teenage boy who got upwards of 5 million views on YouTube of eating a already passed condom. And this has been a lot of children mimicking this for what they call clout. Dr. Von Poker, in your professional and critical view, how will this problem affect the youth in the long run? Well, they're going to be filled with condoms. <laughs> now, what, what might that do to a youth who's trying to, say, apply to college or, you know, get that scholarship or try to make the team? What will being filled with condoms do to their aspirations? What, uh, preferably something negative so we can scare parents at home. Well, you're going to have a condom in you and it's going to catch stuff. Uh, maybe some doo-doo, maybe some stomach acid. Uh, you might eat dinner and find yourself completely hungry afterwards and being like, I just ate two hot dogs and I don't feel like I've had any food. And what would happen is those hot dogs would have slipped inside of a condom that is already inside your body. And through the natural, natural gyration motion of the intestines passing foods down, they incidentally will tie the end of the condom, presenting those calories from be, uh, preventing those calories from being absorbed. Uh, as for college, I don't know if it'll affect college. I don't know if colleges ask those types of questions 
when you're applying for them. Well, I'm just thinking that maybe if you're taking your SAT, you can't focus because you have too many condoms in your intestines. In my professional opinion, if you are taking your SATs, you should not be eating condoms during it. I think even the SATs have a rule about no food or drink. So how can we prevent this from happening again? Well, it's uh, kind of a catch-22, because if we don't give the children condoms, um, you know, a lot of uh, 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 children will impregnate somebody. And then, you know, if, a, if a, you know, there's a good and a bad to this, because if a teenage boy impregnates a woman, then usually they sign up for the army, and then we can send them to Iraq as we're supposed to. But that kind of forcing can lead to like toxic relationships and trouble. Um, we're trying to make the best of a bad situation by taking condoms out of schools, taking condoms out of convenience stores, making condoms more expensive so that teenagers cannot afford them so that they get a woman pregnant so that they go to Iraq. But we really don't have any solution for the young women that are eating condoms every day. Um, not a lot we know what to do about that, as we are not able to send them to Iraq as easily. Well, doctor, in your professional opinion, would it be a good idea that whenever any child is found with a condom in their stomach or intestines, we just ship them right off to Iraq to stop this behavior? Medically, I can't speak on that, but as a father... Um, I do think that is the correct course of action and the only way we can really stop teens from eating, you know, a whole sleeve of condoms as if they were Oreo cookies. Is that how they're doing it these days? It's just they open the whole thing and just tear into them and well, a lot of, they're kicking them back as a snack. A lot of TikTok teens that are in these L.A. mansions, they're ordering condoms by the bulk now. Um, you are going to see, you know, UPS trucks pulling up three times a day with gigantic boxes full of condoms and most of the time they're not even wrapped up they're unrolled condoms just thrown into a large cardboard box simply because the hygiene has not become a priority it's more of the mass amount of condoms that one can eat thank you doctor for this very important information oh i'm not a doctor Oh, I mean, it says on your credentials that you're Dr. Rudy Von Poker. Well, that's my first name is doctor. I clean the rooms here. Okay, we just talked to a guy who knew someone whose middle name was Mr. Drama. Now we know a guy named Doctor. What's happened to names these days? Are you asking me or is that a hypothetical? I, it's a rhetorical... I, sometimes I just aim rhetorical questions at people like a real question because I just can't fathom the changes that have happened to this world that I used to know so well. Well, uh, I really, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, because if I say that names aren't as good as they used to be, well, that's my name. So that means I'm kind of the uh, problem. And I didn't really name myself. Sure, it is confusing that I chose to work in a hospital. Um, but I think that, you know what, let's just say it's a rhetorical question. Okay, well, look, buddy, I mean, we, we've, we've gone this far in the interview. Before we get out of here, can you at least give some kind of advice to the parents at home um, you, of what to do if they find their kids doing this stuff? I would just, you know, contact your local Army recruiter, have him call, give him your child's cell phone number, tell him to text, give him approval to text. Uh, have your kid take the ASVAB and don't tell him what it's for. Tell him you'll buy him, you know, one condom if they do it. 
Um, it's really important that we get some of these kids to go to Iraq because people really aren't as stoked on Iraq as they have been in the past. And, um, you know, the best thing we can do is, um, you know, try to make it so that women can serve in the military. Uh, you know, even the shit work, the grunt work, the, you know, just shooting guns, spray and pray. Uh, let's get women in there, too, because these teenage girls know they're protected. So they're going to eat all these condoms they want. Well, I think we've already actually made that change to the military. And that's a whole nother change that we can talk about on another episode. But uh, doctor or Rudy, I guess Rudy's your middle name. So, you know, doctor, thank you for talking to us. And uh, on behalf of everybody here at the studio at 3600 seconds, Garth Oldwell, Hal Reason and Chip Carwood, we're signing off. And we just want to send you over to our friend Dooney Sink for one more of his classic observations about society i want to tell you a little bit about my father well the five-man polish roofing team that operating that operates as my singular father uh to be exact but my fathers my five polish fathers they all wore hats trilbies now i think they're called the pork pies what they are called doesn't matter. Those hats were iconic. Men looked like men. If a woman walked by, you held your hat to your breast. You might have said, hey, good looking. Hey, sweetie, smile. You know, the carpet matched the drapes, that kind of stuff. But a man had class and he treated a woman like with respect. So even no matter what they said, they always took their hat off when a woman entered the room or walked by. When you walked into a person's house, you took your hat off and put it on the hat rack, which was a piece of furniture every household had at the time. Men wore boxy suits in a wide variety of colors. From brown to black to gray, you could get a blue suit if you were a black guy with collared shirts underneath so starched you could throw them like a frisbee. Facial hair was for communists, and goatees were so rare that we used to force sex offenders to grow them, so everybody knew that guy was bad news. Men aged gracefully. They had to. The liquor made them look 20 years older. They combed their hair. They put weird, rigid tonics into their brains that were made mostly out of mercury. But guess what? The quarter comb always looked good. Men were men. What I'm trying to say is nobody looks like Ronald Reagan anymore. I go out to the street today and I see men with ear gorges. Gauges. Gorges. Whatever it's called, it's weird. Big old floppy holes in your ears, looking nasty, smelling even worse, I bet. Oh, I would throw up if I was able to smell one of those single weird-looking ears that those guys have. Millennials, young men today, they ride unicycles to work, I heard. Alan Cummings, he has a lot of responsibility. He invented male bisexuality, and the whole system fell apart. Handsome men used to have jaws like stone and a quarter part in their brown blonde hair. 
at their most risque. Some would wear T-shirts. If women at the time said that those men weren't handsome, we beat the snot out of them. We killed elephants to give these guys big straight teeth made out of ivory. That's what we were about in the 50s. Today, I'm calling for it. Let's bring back the classic man. I look at what is considered traditionally handsome today. Guys named things like Ninja. With blue hair like some sort of cereal mascot or a Saturday morning cartoon. You got Cisco with his meteor man hair singing about such vulgar things as thong-based underwear on women. At the earliest, I remember them called whale tails, and they were the only sort of things you could see in a gas station pornography area where you would put a quarter in a screen and you would see a very blurry nude woman. That was all the sexuality we needed back then. We could masturbate for up to 10 weeks on that alone. Now you got British fancy boys like Bendit like Beckham who grow Trotsky-esque facial hair and do such feminine things such as eating quinoa or washing their faces at night. America. Let's get back to the time when Ronald Reagan was considered the hottest guy. Big, rosy cheeks like he's got a mouthful of chili and a completely straight body (laughs) with no definition or curves to it at all. Hidden underneath a press suit so tight that it squeezes your neck fat out of it like a tube of toothpaste that just won't die. Am I the only one who wants this to happen? Am I the only one who imagines the dignity of these men? Now, if a guy wants to be considered hot, he has to put on a swimsuit that doesn't have the leg parts to it, and it has some kind of hyposexual color to it, like teal or purple. No, sir. America, men, let's get back to the classic idea of male sexuality, where you didn't have to work on your physique or your body at all, and all you had to do was comb your hair and brood in a black and white film. That's just me, I guess. I'm old-fashioned. Well, look at me. Dooney Sink here doddering off like the old man I am. Have a good night, America. And remember, change is very scary. Things are changing all the time, and it's very... I don't know what's happening next. I'm pretty relieved I'm going to die soon. Have a good night, everybody.